Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Next Level Experience. It is your host with the most, is Coach Mike. It is Wisdom Wednesday, and as always, I'm going to bring a badass friend of mine in here to spit some knowledge, to spit some wisdom for you guys. And I know most of the time, anytime I have a coaching friend in here, I always go, yeah, this week we have a really good coaching friend of mine, yada, 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 yada. But this week, like I could truly say that this guy is more than a friend. Uh, he's truly somebody that I'm viewing as a brother within the short time that we've known one another. And during this conversation, you can truly experience the chemistry that this guest and I have. And honestly, he's just one of those people you meet him and you never forget him just because of the genuine nature of who he is as a person, who he is as a man, who he is as a being. He has an incredible story. He's a cancer survivor. And probably my favorite thing about his story is just the mere fact that his aha moment does not occur during that battle of cancer as it does for many people. And I'm going to let him tell that part of his story. And you know, this guy, he's just one of those people, like I said, you meet him and you never forget him just because of how genuine he is. So without further ado, I am going to introduce you guys to Coach Nick. Um, Coach Nick Hells from New York City. And man, his story is just one to really sit back, listen to, and just soak it all in. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stick around until the end, and I'll see you guys on the other side. All right, guys, what is going on? Welcome back to the Next Level Experience. It's your host with the most, and as always, I'm not talking about the Oreos, even though Oreos are delicious. It's Coach Mike. I have a very good coaching friend on uh, with me today. I have Coach Nick with me. Nick, how the fuck do I say your last name? <laughs> Yalamas. Yalamas. Yeah, right, it's so Greek. What, I was about to ask, what origin is, is that? Yeah, proud uh, card-carrying and flag-waving Greek here. Oh yeah, so so I, I have to ask, like, are you originally from Greece or or you born nah, here in the states? I, I was born in Maryland, but oh, I okay. lived in Greece as a child, and my me and my family visit often. Mm-hmm. So like, I like to just kind of say my roots are in Greece. Mm-hmm. It's like another home to me, and. You know, I'm one of those annoying Greeks that's just like, yeah, we invented everything. Greece <laughs> existed when the universe was born. We invented the universe. You're welcome. Oh, man. <laughs> so so that, that's really funny because me originally being from South Carolina, um, the Greek population is not that big in South Carolina. We, we moved up here to Delaware about a year ago. And like there's Greek people everywhere. And like the I'm just learning more and more and more about like the ethnic the ethnicity and like the nationality and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely a very unique culture. It's a, it's a very passionate culture as well, which I can respect. Yeah. Yeah. We also have the best food in the world. I don't care what the Italians tell yeah. you uh, <laughs> or the French, but no, nothing beats Greek food, my friend. Yeah. So ever since moving up here, we've been eating a little bit more Greek style foods and the, the food is very good. I, I, I will say the food is very good. Yeah, yo, you're close by. Next time you stop by, I will cook some authentic Greek food for you, my friend. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, man. Hey, don't threaten me with with, uh, with a good time, you know. <laughs> oh, it's not a threat. It's a promise. <laughs> well, Nick, dude, I've been super excited for uh, this episode. I've actually been talking to a lot of our clients about this episode um, just because – 
I love your personality. Like I love who you are as a person um, just because like you're your true authentic self and you're just like, Hey, this is who I am. And like, this is my flag and I'm going to plan it and you know, I'm going to stand by it. So I fucking love that about you because that's who I am as a person. Like I'm, I'm a firm believer in this is who I am. This is who I'm not. And if you like it, cool. If you love it, great. If you don't, okay, cool. See you later. <laughs> so making me blush. Stop it. I can't blush on camera. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. But dude, another reason why I was so excited to have you on is just because of your story. Um, of, of course, like those listening to the intro part of this episode, you we kind of covered like how you're into Spartan races and like you're, you're a coach for Spartan athletes now and how you survived cancer. Um, I really want to dive deep into your cancer story. Um, mm. If you don't mind sharing about that. Uh, so first and foremost, like what exactly were you diagnosed with? Well, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is, if anyone doesn't know, it is a cancer of the lymph nodes, mm -hmm. which is basically your body's filtration system. Right. So they were just like getting big and crazy and angry. Uh, in fact, I had this giant lump on the right side of my neck for mm -hmm. like half a year or more. And... I was just like, oh, that's totally normal. I'm just going to ignore this forever. Because <laughs> wow. I was just like, you know, I it didn't occur to me. I don't know why. Maybe because I was in my 20s and mm -hmm. really stupid. But um, basically, uh, I noticed whenever I would drink alcohol, the lump burned. Like, it really? was fire it hurt and on top of that i had this skin condition mm -hmm. where at random intervals throughout every single day it would feel like there were fire ants crawling all over my body it was itchy it was mm -hmm. burning it was torture and misery so for about a year i was just like completely ignoring all of those symptoms and being like, yeah, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> but it came to a point where I was just like sick and tired of it because mm -hmm. I was waking up with night sweats and I was feeling feverish and I was like, I got to get this checked out. So I go to the dermatologist. He's all like, oh, here's some cream, you know, have fun. And I'm like, oh, well, Man. this cream isn't working. So let me hit up my GP mm -hmm. and the GP is all like, well, I have good news. You might have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's good news? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he actually didn't say that. But I was just like, oh, yay, I cannot wait to uh, tell my parents about this. Yeah. I was living with my parents at the time. And of course, you know, my mom freaks out. She's mm -hmm. like, oh, no. And I, uh, I had to get a biopsy. Right. Came out positive for Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then I went through the whole process of getting liquid death injected into my veins, mm -hmm. which was not fun at all. I actually developed. A, a strong aversion to saline injections wow. and the smell of shitty hospital roast beef. 
man, that does not sound fun. So, like, how old were you whenever you were diagnosed? I believe it was, let's see, 2000, let's see, the end of 2011. So, I believe I was 26 or 27 at the time. So, kind of late man. 20s. Man, so that that's terrifying because like you're you're in your mid-20s like this is supposed to be a time in your life where you're discovering who you are you're like figuring out like what's your plan for life like you're living it up a little bit you hitting up like all of your favorite spots before you really like settle down into what Mm. life is for you and like life just throws a curveball at you yeah and uh, and oftentimes i i've learned in life that whenever people get curveballs they either panic and freak out and swing and miss or they get really dialed in they get really focused and they go you know what i'm going to fucking hit it out of the park um now like from what you shared with me of your story um i kind of, I kind of want you to share with our audience like mm. you you getting like diagnosed with cancer going through treatment going through chemo like did that really help you discover who you are Honestly, this is going to sound really weird and maybe piss some people off, but mm-hmm. no, I did not go through that whole like releva- revelation of who I am. Mm-hmm. There was some uh there were some moments of fear like mm-hmm. uh they caught it at stage 3B, which is right before it goes terminal. Mm-hmm. So there was that mindset of like oh shit am i are they actually going to catch this fast enough am i going to die Mm -hmm. but the doctor assured me no we got it and the chemo is doing what it's supposed to do Mm -hmm. and so it was really just me kind of just brute forcing my way through the shittiness of the treatment and i didn't like feel inspired Mm -hmm. to go out and make something of myself because of that Mm because in the back of my head i'm just like i'm gonna be okay there's nothing to worry about i'm just gonna be chill Mm -hmm. and you know the impact of uh conquering cancer didn't hit me until much later in my life uh when i was presented with some other difficult choices mm-hmm. and uh, you know a, a couple friends were just like dude you conquered cancer you can conquer this and right. that's what really sparked that for me like yeah i did do that didn't i because yeah. <laughs> like you know I hear stories about like, oh, I uh, went through cancer and chemo and, you know, the story of Nick Ross, for instance, where he was surrounded by people who were dying and it really inspired him to buckle down, conquer life Mm -hmm. and excel and really just like win. And I love that for people who go through such terrible times if you can find something out of that in the moment that's great and i hope you crush it mm-hmm. but for those who go through these hard times and they're mm-hmm. not getting anything out of it that's okay too mm-hmm. it can come later on in life absolutely everyone has a different journey and everyone has a different trigger for that inspiration yeah, no, dude, absolutely. So I, I love that you bring that up because 
I feel like too many times in people's stories, it's kind of like, yeah, like I survived or like I went through addiction or like I survived cancer or I overcame this big obstacle. And that was like my big wake up call. And I, I feel like a lot of times people feel like they have to go through that moment. Like they have to go through addiction. They have to survive cancer. They have to survive bankruptcy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in order to have that aha moment, you know, kind of like, mm. kind of like what we were talking about before we started recording. And uh, I, I think I think really uh, people need to hear that, hey, it's OK for your aha moment to just come at a moment in your life where you're walking down the side of the road and you're like, holy shit, wait a minute. I did that like five years ago. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think, dude, like, honestly, like, I feel like a lot more people need to hear that because with my story, you know, surviving suicide, addiction, all of all that fun stuff, you know. Every time people hear my story, they go, well, your aha moment was whenever like you got tired of being an alcoholic. I was like, yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean your aha moment has to come within that same pattern. It doesn't have to mm. come within that same circumstance. Like your aha moment could truly be you wake up one morning and you're like, hey, I'm tired of feeling lethargic. I'm tired of feeling like shit. Aha, let's get our shit together. Like really your aha moment can just be as simple as waking up one morning and just making a decision. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what happened with me with my weight loss journey, too. Like, you know, after I was a yo-yo dieter for a long time. Weren't like, we all? Uh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, my Back in 2004 or five, my brother lost a fuck ton of weight um, getting a nutritionist, mm -hmm. doing the whole, like, eat less, move more kind of thing. Sure, yeah. And that inspired me. I was like, oh, man, if he can do that, well, why can't I do it? Why not me? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I jumped in and became the most dedicated cardio bunny of the whole leader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was like actually looking at the uh, nutrition info of those Chef Boyardee cans that I love. Mm -hmm. Man. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. Chef Boyardee was the best childhood food ever. Um, and, you know, just like working myself out until I passed out or mm -hmm. was feeling queasy and shit. And I pushing, yeah, pushing I, the limits, really. Yeah, because I hated myself. I yeah. hated the way I looked. I hated who I was. I hated my state in life. And so I was just punishing myself mm -hmm. and I had lost a hundred pounds, but yeah. I was like flabby. You know, those yeah. uh, guys on like the biggest loser mm -hmm. who like they weigh themselves and they don't have their shirts and they're just sacks of skin. Yeah. That was me. Not on such a giant level, right? But like, I still had like the flat, yeah, and I still hated myself. And so, like, because I was doing the cardio bunny method, I would go back to eating more, like shoving giant pizzas in my mouth and stuff, and I would gain the weight back. Mm -hmm. So that was a process for years and years even after i had gotten cancer um cancer actually made me lose a lot of weight because right. of the way it works eats sure. all the you know cells in your body and i was just like hey i might die but at least i look great <laughs> you know that was the depth as to how much i hated the way i looked i had cancer right but i looked great i could trying to find the silver lining i mean yeah right <laughs> 
<laughs> and so after that, I uh, went back to school mm -hmm. to pursue a psychology degree because I had failed as an engineering student. Uh, I used to be so good at math. God damn. <laughs> but. <laughs> You know those desks that were attached to the chair and stuff, the old yeah. school desks? So there was a gap between my stomach and the desk. And mm -hmm. throughout the whole semester, it kept getting smaller and smaller. And just one day, I was like, I hate this. Like, my graduation photos, I was big. Like, my face was so round. Mm -hmm. I looked like a freaking, uh, like, you know those bobblehead things with like the big round bodies yeah <laughs> you know those are the russian um egg things that yeah, 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 yeah 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 i looked like one of those oh man and uh, i just woke up one day i was like i hate this mm -hmm. i gotta do something more and so i found weightlifting um my dating coach actually i uh, pointed me that way and i'll touch on that a little later but um found weightlifting and through that i found a personal trainer mm -hmm. personal trainer introduced me to um the mind pump programs which are fantastic i love mind pump those guys changed my life and yeah. they are amazing people oh yeah so they're great people if you're not listening to mind pump Go listen to Mind Pump. Buy their shit. It's life-changing. And he also introduced me to Spartan races mm -hmm. as well. And that really like changed my life. So getting into the weightlifting, getting stronger, feeling mm -hmm. more powerful, right. and also being able to conquer a Spartan race – that just like clicked something for mm -hmm. me. That was when I was like, I can do this. I can conquer fucking anything. I am powerful. I feel mm -hmm. strong. I am the fucking man. Fuck and there's honestly no better feeling for me mm -hmm. than being strong as fuck. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's it's a powerful feeling. And I, I could only imagine you being somebody who dealt with cancer, went through chemo. And I mean, chemo sucks the life out of you. I mean, mm. ke chemo legit just drains you of everything. Um, so I could only imagine like how, how it feels knowing how weak you could feel, but also knowing how strong you could feel. Like, like I can only imagine how cool that is. Like I I've never experienced the weakest version of myself. Cause like, I've never gone through any, any type of treatment like that. Um, but dude, I can only imagine I can only imagine like how like much like your confidence goes through the roof. Yeah. And like the first time I crossed that finish line mm -hmm. was just like, holy shit, I did something hard. Let yeah. me do it again. And so my next race was actually the hardest race of my entire life. Really? And I've been through like Killington, which is the supposedly the hardest mountain ever in okay. North America, et cetera. This one was in my backyard, Vernon, New Jersey, 2018, and uh, it was during a nor'easter storm, which if mm. you don't know what that is, it's like – uh, below freezing, mm -hmm. rain, sleet, hail, high winds. The, the works. <laughs> yeah. And like a tree fell on a dude. <laughs> yeah. So 
I was doing that race, people were dropping like flies. Everyone was getting hypothermia. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And there I was being like, in my head, why did I sign up for this race? Mm-hmm. Why did I do this? Why, why, why? And there was just a part of me inside that was just like, keep going. <laughs> One foot forward. Go. Yeah go fuck the obstacles they're just closing everything down anyway finish the fucking race yeah and to my credit i did a lot of obstacles like up to mile six mm-hmm. um this is like a nine mile course through the mountains and woods and super treacherous terrain mm-hmm. and i was just like a pile of mud there was mud <laughs> up to my waist <laughs> There were people who were getting caught in mud. I had to help a dude up from like a literal pool of it. Um, It was basically just like a moment where I was like, now I could probably die. (laughs) Because everyone was just like, again, dropping like flies. And i uh was getting close to the finish line and you know i i gave a couple of the last obstacles a try mm-hmm. there's an obstacle called the herc hoist mm-hmm. which is basically a heavy sandbag and you got to pull it up with a pulley right and i i could not get that thing up out of the muck and mud it was just like covered in mud and it was just like you can't pull it you can't <laughs> so I was just like limping towards the finish line (laughs) and I uh, mustered enough strength to just like hop over the fire. I was just dead. I was so dead. But the fact that I finished that race when like the DNF, the did not finish rate was so astronomically high. Yeah. I felt so damn proud, man. That medal, that shirt means the most to me because i survived such harsh conditions to achieve that oh dude i can only imagine like you you that is the epitome of being a badass like especially if some if you have people around you just dropping like just like tapping out waving the white flag saying hey i give up and oftentimes whenever that happens people go okay cool well they're waving the white flag so now it's okay for me to to wave the white flag oftentimes people are just waiting for that first person to quit it's kind it's kind of like waiting for the first person to like raise their hand to answer a question. Okay. I'm not the first person raising my hand now. So I feel more comfortable. It's the same mindset. And dude, like I applaud you for like continuing to like go, even though everybody around you start waving the white flag like that, Thank that, you. that shows a whole different level of mental toughness. Um, I, I remember whenever I decided to do my first bodybuilding show, I, I remember vivid, vividly having a conversation with my coach at that time. Um, you, you know, I told him, I just want to see what happens whenever I don't quit. Because a big part of my journey with my weight loss and everything was I would always start the stop, start and stop, start and stop. And I would always quit whenever shit got really hard. And I just told myself one day, I'm like, okay, cool. I have this goal of wanting to compete. I still got to lose like 45 50 more pounds. Let's see what actually happens whenever we go through the entire process without quitting. And like, let's actually make it to the stage. And dude, honestly, like I was on the stage at probably at my smallest weight I've ever been at as a grown adult. And I've been on stage with like 
almost no muscle tissue left because like i just burnt through it all <laughs> to, to lose the weight in reality but dude like that moment i knew i didn't look the best on stage i knew i wasn't going to win i knew like i wasn't going to top or, or place like top three but just the fact that i got up there i was like dude i fucking did it like that like ever since then i just think back to that moment and i go you legit pushed yourself to achieve a goal and you achieved it whatever goal i'm currently working on cool let's relate that goal to that past goal and like see what we can make happen because true truly like i always tell people like just find out what what happens whenever you don't quit like like for real just like if you gotta throw a temper tantrum if you gotta cry if you gotta shout if you gotta scream into a pillow cool do what you need to do but don't quit like legit don't quit like see how long you can go without quitting and i guarantee you by the time you actually say okay cool i'm going to quit you are where you want to be now so now you don't want to quit so dude yeah. like like kudos to you for not quitting kudos to you for not quitting too man like seriously your journey is just as inspiring and the fact that you went all the way and told yourself not to quit is incredible so you know, Thank I, you. my story is, you know, it, it is what it is, but also mm -hmm. like other people's stories are just as impactful, I think. Um, I, and I... there's something you touched upon that I always tell my clients is never quit. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you can pause, you can have like your setbacks, you can mm -hmm. go back four, five steps, whatever, mm -hmm. but you only lose if you quit. Right. So no matter what happens, don't fucking quit. And I'm actually going through a journey myself right now. Uh, I called it Project Podium because it sounds cool, which is <laughs> something it's something I've never achieved that I just want to do at least once in my life is yeah. get uh place first through third yeah. like either one of those on an age group race in a spartan race and i have like a running coach i have a nutrition coach mm -hmm. helping me through that and i really just want to dial in and see what yeah. happens if i go through that process and if i really push myself i hate running i mm -hmm. fucking hate it i never want to do it ever again <laughs> like <laughs> No, seriously, running is the worst invention that ever happened. So whoever invented running, fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm pretty sure the, the cavemen invented it to run away from, like, the dinosaurs and shit. <laughs> Goddamn caveman. <laughs> oh. But, uh, no, like, but you know what? I'm putting myself through that agony and pain and something that I hate. Mm -hmm just so i can experience this thing that i want mm -hmm. to do to show people what's possible when you do the hard shit when you right. don't quit oh absolutely so, yeah no no sorry I, I i didn't i didn't mean to cut you off if i did no 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 that's that was it all right that was <laughs> it okay cool i was just want to make sure <laughs> uh but dude yeah no like completely i i feel like oftentimes people they they'll sit around and they'll go, Hey, it would be nice to 
make X amount of dollars per year. It would be so nice to look like this, like for summertime. It would be so nice if I looked like this on my wedding day. And most of them don't want to buy into the fact or admit to the truth. Like, hey, if that's what you want, like you can't just sit there and do what you've been doing. Because like I, I, I deal with this all the time. When, whenever it comes to clients who are trying to lose weight, but yet they don't want to change anything about their life. It's like, cool, understand that what you've been doing got you where you are today. We mm -hmm. cannot continue to do those things or we will stay where we are. We have to start doing new things. And guess what? Those new things, you're going to suck at them. Like there, there's something that, that I teach called the four pillars to habit building. And like the very first pillar is admitting that you're going to suck. And like, that's, that's something that I stole from AA. AA, the very, like step one of AA is admitting that you have a problem. Like mm -hmm. legit, the first step is saying, hey, my name is Michael and I'm an alcoholic. Like that's truly what it is. And I incorporated that within the first pillar just because like, it's true. The first time you do anything, you fucking suck. Like you, like you're terrible at it. And like, I, I even made a post last night um, talking about like, just imagine if you just imagine if 18 month old, you said, Hey, this walking shit's so hard. I'm not doing it. You would have never, like you would never walk. You would mm -hmm. have never walked a single step in your life. So just like, just, like if 18 month old, you is capable of not quitting is capable of continuing to try, even though that shit's hard. Why isn't the 38-year-old version of you capable? Why isn't the 48-year-old version of you capable? Like, for real, like, you, like, I don't think people really understand. And I was talking to my fiance about this last night after I posted it. I was like, I know we don't remember our first steps. And, like, I know we don't remember our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings during that time where we were learning how to walk. But if you legit just take a moment, take a step back and think, shit. I taught myself how to walk. Like I legit taught myself how to move. I taught myself mm. how to stand up on my own. Nobody taught me this. I taught myself. I, I adapted. I grew. I evolved. I got better. And oftentimes I feel like people, they just quit evolving. Like they get to a version of themselves and they go, okay, cool. I like this version. I'm staying here because it's comfortable. But just imagine like if you never updated your phone. Just imagine if you never updated your computer, that Guilty. shit, that shit <laughs> runs so slow. Like there's a reason why you're moving slow in life. It's because you are not hitting the update button. Mm, I love that analogy too, especially because I'm still on an iPhone 12. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. But no, you're absolutely right. Like, first of all, you don't know what you don't know. And unless you really push yourself to find out, am i capable of this you're mm -hmm. never gonna know mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of people just like don't want to put in that work like look at what's going on with uh wagovi and semeglutide mm -hmm. you know now people are just like hey give me that uh peptide shit and mm -hmm. so i can lose weight magically without going through the coaching right. or the lifestyle changes right. what happens when you run out of it mm -hmm. you're gonna be right back where you started or mm -hmm. even worse more likely but people don't care because they don't want to put in the work they right. don't want to face the hard shit they don't want to look in the mirror and uh, like you said admit that they have a problem because mm -hmm. it's too much for them they can't look at themselves in the eyes 
in that mirror and say the truth. And this is something that I also took from Nick Ross is Mm -hmm. never lie to the person facing you in the mirror. Mm. That really hit hard, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've started adopting that. Like, you know, I always ask myself at the end of the day, you know, I look at, I have this like stand up mirror over here and I Mm -hmm. look at it. I ask myself, like, what did you accomplish today that you're proud of? And what didn't you accomplish that you're ashamed of? And I realize that that can be like a little negative thinking, but it's also a reality check. It is. Yeah. It's also like, okay, I said I was going to do this, but I didn't. Why didn't I do that? Why mm-hmm. did I? I told myself on what a Wednesday that I was going to go to the gym, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Full full transparency. I didn't go to the gym. I chose to nap for four hours instead. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I take long naps, man. Oh man. I... And that actually turned into a thirteen-hour snooze because I woke up at like eight, and I was like, I gotta be up in the morning anyway. Fuck it. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but why didn't I do that? Mm-hmm. Why? what was the reason? And I really had to look at myself in the mirror and it was hard. There was this pit in my stomach that didn't want to face it. And I was like, no, you have to tell yourself the truth. Truth, You know? So I I do, I do one thing every morning and it's like, take a cold shower. Like uh, I will take a cold shower every single morning. And, uh, cheers to you, my uh, masochistic (laughs) friend. (laughs) I do mine in the evenings though. Oh dude, dude. So I can't do it in the evenings. Like I, I have to do it in the mornings. If I do it in the evenings, I'm too wide awake. Like it wakes me up too much. Um, so I do it in the mornings because I can always say, regardless of what I achieved today or did not achieve, let, let's say I I had 10 goals to, to hit today. One of those goals being take a cold shower. Mm. If I miss those other nine goals, I could still say, cool, I achieved something today. I, I did something hard today. Because like, honestly, do, do you get like used to taking the cold showers? Yes. But I, like the first 30 seconds still suck. Regardless if you have taught your body how to sit in cold water for three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, et cetera. The first 30 seconds is always the most brutal. And I, like I said, I always do it in the morning just so I can say, cool, I achieved something hard today. And like that also kind of goes with the whole, like, like make your bed in the morning mentality. Mm -hmm. Like it, it gives you a feeling of accomplishment. It's like, cool. I might've fucked up in all other aspects today, but at least I made my bed. I mean, like, at least I got something done. At least I was somewhat productive. And I I really feel like oftentimes a lot of people, they're, they're not willing to look in the mirror and they're not willing to go, I'm not doing what I need to do in order to be successful. And it all comes back to a place of doing shit that's hard. It comes back to a place of holding yourself accountable for that hard shit. Because mm-hmm. what's, what's really funny is... I've noticed that whenever I don't take a cold shower, I have less energy. I get a headache easier. Like I'm not as like cheerful. I'm not like my normal self. Like I I've quickly learned, Hey, this is becoming part of who I am. Like it's, it's becoming part of my daily routine, which sets me up for success that day. And a lot of people, they just, they wake up and they go, Hey, I'm here. I'm alive. 
I should be successful. Why the fuck should you be successful just because you woke up? <laughs> C- congrats. There's a lot of people that woke up today. Like, why should not, like why should you be the one that should be successful just because you woke up and that's it? What did you do after you wake up? Like what like legit, what did you do throughout that day? to make you successful. Like that's, that's what determines that you should be successful. So many times people just think, man, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm me. I'm Michael. I, I get to be successful. Like I'm supposed <laughs> to be successful. Yeah. That's that whole, like, uh, freaking manifesting shit. I, <sighs> I don't really ascribe to it, but I can see how some people would find it useful. You know, so so with, with manifesting, I kind of I treat it like the the yellow car syndrome. So like mm-hmm. if if you buy a yellow car or like look for a yellow car, like you're going to see a thousand different yellow cars. Yeah. And, and like what's funny, I I remember buying my uh, truck two years ago, and my truck is like a very like unique color blue. It's like uh like a metallic silver blue type of deal. Like it's it's a weird paint color. Yeah. Um, but uh, dude, like once I bought that truck i started seeing that color car everywhere like it makes no sense and i i really think what people do with manifestation is they go i will be rich i will be rich i will be rich i will be rich and like eventually like it's kind of trying to make that come into your life if Mm -hmm. if that's making sense so while i uh i understand the practice behind it understand regardless of how often you write down, Hey, I will be skinny or, Hey, I will have a six pack or, Hey, I will step on a bodybuilding stage or, Hey, I will build a six figure company, whatever your goal is like, regardless of how many times you write that down on a piece of paper, on a billboard, on a whiteboard, whatever, if you're not putting it, if you're not putting in action, don't expect result because if there's no action, then there's no, no result. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is like, utilize the brain's filtration system mm-hmm. and i'm gonna nerd out a little bit because Go i love it. neuroscience same so the brain likes to focus on very specific things mm-hmm. first of all it leans more towards negative thoughts because of its survival mechanism and it wants to predict dangers to help you to be able to survive Mm -hmm. that's why a lot of people are prone to depression anxiety things like that but when you are thinking of just like you know the yellow car filtration Mm -hmm. you're going to see the yellow car a lot Mm -hmm. or in your case the badass metallic blue so people take that and they think okay if i just say and focus on i'm gonna be rich i'm gonna be rich then that's all i'm going that's all my brain is going to process right that's not necessarily how it works you have to chunk down the process of what it takes to be rich and focus on the steps when you focus on like okay i'm gonna be rich but how do i get there that is where that power comes into play so like first step you know take a cold shower every morning Mm -hmm. you know because why because it's going to make me more disciplined it's going to help me be more focused whatever it does for you and okay so now i have that more discipline i'm focusing on that and that branches out to other things that quote unquote manifest into your life Mm -hmm. 
through the process of developing more discipline. So you might like say be reading books about how to make more financial gains. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that stems from your discipline and it becomes like a step ladder almost. You're going step by step. And because you're so focused on it, you know, it becomes easier and easier to eventually gain the momentum to get to the place where, hey, I'm rich. Right. And it might take 5, 10, 15 years. But the fact that you're being focused on each and every step along the way and, uh, you know, manifesting that is what is eventually going to get you to the point where you can say oh shit i'm rich i manifested Mm -hmm. it yay yeah Yeah, so like it's it's funny that you you bring that up because i always joke and tell people that i manifest in my my life and like people are always like what do you mean i was like when whenever i made the decision to clean up my life i said hey this is what I want my life to look like. This is what my life looks looks like right now. There's a big gap. What do we need to do to get from where we are now to where we want to be? And that wasn't like, oh, like I, I, I need to go buy this course or like I need to read this book or like, man, I, I need to go buy this new item and like it's going to solve all my problems. It was like, cool, this is going to be a process. Like first things first. We got to get our life clean. Like we 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 got to get clean. Like we mm. we gotta we gotta quit with all the bullshit. We gotta quit burning through money. Like we actually got to get serious about something in life. And truly, like I, I just became laser focused on really building the life that I wanted. It wasn't so much, hey, I want to be rich, or hey, I want to get on a bodybuilding stage, or hey, like I want to like get this certain body fat percentage. Like it was more or less, this is the life I want, and I'm chasing it. And I'm going to do everything I can to get to it. Now, granted, it's taking it's taking shit six years. It's taking six years to finally get the life that I want. Because like I, I can proudly say, like, I I have the life that I want. Marrying my best friend, we just bought a beautiful new home. Like my business is thriving, doing well. Like I'm working with fucking professional athletes. Like what's mind blowing. Like I'm legit living the life that I want and I'm living it on my terms. It took a while to get here. It's took a lot of bad shit happened over those six years as well. Mm. I mean, shit, I lost, I lost my mom this year. Like bad shit still happens, but you got to keep going. It's like just taking that one more step. Kind of like you, you were telling yourself within that race in, uh, in Jersey, um, like how grueling it was. You just told yourself, hey, just got to keep going. One more step, one more step, one more step. And Ed Milet talks a lot about this. He talks a lot about the power of one more. And mm-hmm. it's truly just saying, hey, I don't care how bad shit gets. I don't care what happens. I don't care what obstacle comes into my path. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going I'm going to go through it and it's fine. Um, I feel like a lot of people, they feel like the path is always going to be this clear, well-lit, cozy, comfortable highway, whenever in reality, it's far from that. Yeah, it comes back to never quit. Because life doesn't really give a shit if you're uh, living it up or if you're down in the dumps. Mm -hmm. Even if you're down in the dumps, it's going to find a way to make it worse. Are you going to have the resolve to push through it? And, you know, I, 
it really broke my heart when you know i heard that you lost your mother and you know the fact that you had to go through that pain is just like i personally can't fathom it mm -hmm. but I can understand just how painful something like that is because I can envision like what would happen if I lost my mom. And, you know, right now she's in a place where it could be a possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know because she has to get some spinal surgery and I don't know, like in her condition, if she'd be able to survive that. Right. So, it's incredibly hard mm -hmm. but also the fact that you push through it that you don't let it stop you that yeah it's a really shitty thing that happened mm -hmm. and you are letting it be a catalyst for more powerful change that is what really separates people from being super successful mm -hmm. absolutely to people who just let life happen to them Right. Yeah, dude. Uh, first and foremost, like uh, prayers for your mom, like for, for real, for real. Um, I, I, I hope the procedure goes well. And I, I know you. I know she will she will kick the procedure's ass. Um, I, I'm confident <laughs> in that. Um, but secondly, when, whenever I lost my mom back in March, I told myself I was like, I'm not going to be one of these people that they lose somebody that they love and their whole life falls apart. I'm not going to let that happen because like my life had already fallen apart once and I know what that looks like. And it's not a fun time. It's you, you lying to yourself all the time. It's saying, no, I don't have a problem. Hey, I'm okay with not being like, Hey, I'm okay with like barely scraping by financially. Hey, I'm okay. Like I'm having to mooch off of my parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like I knew how that life looked for me and it's not a life that I ever want to live again. So I told myself, cool my mom would be hella pissed if i decided okay cool my mom died we're going to go back to doing drugs we're going to go back to drinking all the time we're going to go back to not really giving a damn about what happens to our life and i always say that life happens for us not to mm. us and i'm a you know like I, I know a lot of people say that but i'm i am truly a firm believer in it um I tell Catherine this all the time. We like, we're getting married in August and my mom, if anybody knew my mom, my mom was like a pure mama bear, like <laughs> straight up. My mom would kick anybody's ass over me. Like for my mom has broken up with guys over me before. Like for real, for real, like if, if I didn't like whoever she was seeing or dating, he wasn't around for much longer. <laughs> so, so like, that was my mom. My, like my mom was a dedicated mother. Like my mom loved being a mother more than anything, you know, on this planet. Um, but I always tell, or like I've been telling Catherine lately, I truly believe my mom wouldn't have left unless she knew I could handle her not being here. I am a firm believer in that. And like, mm. still like it, I know it's only been like, three-ish months since I lost her or actually two months, not three months. Um, but I'm a firm, firm believer in that shit. Cause like, I know, I know who my mom was. Like, like I, I knew she wouldn't leave me if I couldn't handle it. And I really think that's, what's making it a lot easier is 
hey, my mom knew she was dying. My mom knew she was going to die. Because like, do- like doctors tell us all the time, people know. Like, truly, I, I'm a firm believer that people do know as well. My mom knew she was going to die that day. My last conversation that I had with my mom happened the day prior. The last thing she ever told me was that she, she loved me. And I truly feel like my mom was like, hey, that's the last thing I've ever told my son. I can leave knowing that he knows I, I love him. I know he's safe. I know he has somebody who loves him here with him, who's going to take care of him. Mm. I know my son is very well off financially because of his business. And because my mom, my mom, dude, my mom, like my mom was low key a G and I didn't even know it. Like, like she for real had money put up in places. I'm like, where was all this fucking money? Right. I was like, where was all this fucking money whenever like we were struggling growing up? <laughs> like that money was in the future, motherfucker. Oh man, yeah, dude. It, guys, if you if you don't have life insurance, go fucking get it. Like for real. Like it, it sets your kids up for the rest of their life, pretty much. If you go and get it early. Anyways, that's a whole different topic. Um, but truly, dude, like your your words mean a lot. Um, it's hard. Like, I, I, I won't lie. This has been probably one of the hardest years of my life. And it's ironic that I say this and I'm getting married within this year and like celebrating that, which is like a huge fucking deal. Um, but at the same time, like I, I really bring that up to show people good, like bad things can happen within good moments and good things can happen within bad moments. Because like your life will not always be this crystal clear road where there's no speed bumps in the way, where there's no potholes. Like you're sometimes going to have to go through shit, but guess what? That's what makes you stronger. Like that's what, that's what makes you better. Like you just being comfortable all the time. That doesn't make you better. And I mean, like there's a, there's a big reason why your most successful people, they're always doing hard shit. Like, Mm. like there's a, there's a post going around right now of a Mark Zuckerberg. Like he's now doing like jujitsu tournaments and shit. (laughs) No way. Yeah. 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 Like he's now doing like jujitsu. Like he picked up jujitsu and like, he's doing like tournaments and shit now. And like, this is like a fucking billionaire. He's pushing himself to do hard things physically because he knows it's going to make him evolve. Mm -hmm. And just going back to, to my statement earlier, I just, I feel like people, they get into a spot where it's like, cool. I'm comfortable where I'm at right now. Like this is good. I'm content. I'm okay. I'm happy. That's great that you're happy and content, but don't sit and don't sit in contentness. If that's even a fucking word, like don't, don't sit in content for too long because the more you sit there, the further behind the eight ball you get, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. that really resonates with me. Cause, Oh, what was it? Just like years ago, I was still living with my parents well into my thirties. And it was comfortable. I was paying a low rent, mm-hmm. like 500 bucks a month, which is unheard of in the state of New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just comfortable. Like I had my groceries paid for me. I didn't have to do like utilities or any of that free internet, you know, and I was just like, I feel like I'm stuck. Yeah. There was that, there was that, I don't want to say slimy because like, I love my parents. They're the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. But like that feeling you get where you're just like, this isn't working for me. Right. And 
I decided to find an apartment in New York City. A, because I was sick and tired of commuting there every day for work. <laughs> it was like a three-hour drive to wow. and back. And uh, B, like, I just needed to get out. I needed mm -hmm. to put myself in an uncomfortable position to grow as a person. Yep. And it was the best move I've made in my entire life. That was when I finally started to flourish. Like socially, I uh, financially yeah. and physically, yeah. I was like really pushing myself to change. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I did not make that move. I would probably still be. I honestly have no idea what I would be. Maybe <laughs> I would have gained weight back again. Yeah. <laughs> but I know for a fact that putting myself in that uncomfortable position, mm -hmm. challenging myself mm -hmm. and forcing myself to grow the fuck up was the best thing I ever did in my entire life. And my relationship with my parents is way better now. Oh yeah. So much better. I can imagine. <laughs> um, so like, I liked what you said earlier about like, you know, thinking about how things are happening for you instead mm -hmm. of to you because exactly. it's something that i also like to talk to my clients about is like okay this shitty thing happened to you this week how is it making you stronger what is it doing to force you to get better you know doing that sort of like reframe mm -hmm. of just like you could see this as a shitty thing that happened to you mm -hmm. and commiserate over it and cry and be a little bitch about it. Or you can take something from it, no matter how small it may be, and become a better person. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are not in the trenches, if you're not challenging yourself, if you're not doing what it is that really makes you feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. and just like, shit, why am I doing this? <laughs> then uh, what are you doing with your life? You're not progressing. You're not attaining success. Amen. Amen. Dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. People – People always want, like I said earlier, people want the result, but they don't want to take the action. So, yeah. dude, perfectly, dude. So this has been great, uh, for real. So to to close to close this off, like, what words of advice do you have for people whenever it comes to their journey in life? Like, this could pertain to weight loss. Because this could pertain to just figuring out who the fuck you are as a person. Like, like, what's some what's some key words of advice that you have for people? Oh man, I have so friggin' many, man. <laughs> <laughs> but away. like, I think the most important is don't give up. Yeah. Never quit. And that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, because you can't lose. You really can't if you don't quit. Mm. Life can throw shit at you. It can put you down. It can kick your ass. It yep. can like fucking castrate you. It can do whatever it wants to you. But if you don't quit, if you keep getting up, you can't lose. You're always going to eventually get to where you want to be. Amen. You know, and uh, I think that supersedes all other forms of advice because mm -hmm. it, it's just kind of like an umbrella 
term for everything else like you can say shit like you know i uh, challenge yourself and seek adversity or whatever but right. like if you apply all those other bits of advice and you quit mm -hmm. then it amounts to absolutely nothing amen dude that's perfect way to cap this all perfect way um nick Dude, this was awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, oh, thank you for so, having me, man. Yeah. I love this conversation. Oh, yeah, man, dude. We, we, we could go so much deeper if, if we have more than an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so much more deeper. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again. Uh, so, Nick, where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Facebook at Nick Yalamas, Y-A-L-A-M-A-S. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Coach Nick underscore NYC. Beautiful, beautiful. And guys, I, as always, I will have the links to his social media accounts in the description because if you guys are anything like me, I hate having to like switch screens and be like, did I spell this right? I'd much rather copy and paste <laughs> and just make life a little bit easier. So I'm going to give you guys the hookup and uh, you will find all of his socials in the description as well as all of my socials and the socials for uh, Next Level Health and also Hot Tag Nutrition. So uh, Nick, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, my friend. What is up, guys? I am so happy to see that you made it to the other side of this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed this conversation between Nick and I. Like I said in the beginning, Nick is just one of those people, whenever you first meet him, whenever you first interact with him, he's just one of the most genuine people that you will ever meet. He has an amazing story. And a lot of people think I'm a tough SOB. A lot of people think like I'm very strong-minded mentally. But I meet people like Nick. And I'll listen to their story and I go, man, like I don't, I truly don't know if I would ever be able to survive what they survived. And there's a big reason why this episode is called One Tough Mutter and it has nothing to do with Nick's obsessions or Nick's obsession with running these uh, Tough Mutter courses. I, I forget the actual name of them. Please forgive me. Um, but like it has nothing to do with the obstacle courses that Nick loves to run. It's truly a matter of like this dude is one tough SOB and like he is going to do amazing things in life and he is going to inspire so many people. So Nick, if you're listening to this brother, keep on doing what you're doing. People are noticing it's not going unnoticed. You're changing a lot of lives. You're impacting the world and please just keep going. Please never stop. And like, that's the same for you listening to this, whatever you're doing in this lifetime, please never stop. Please never give up. Please keep going. I love you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Check the description for all of the social media links for both Nick and myself. And I'll catch you guys next week.